Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft. I'm the Gnarly Gnome, and as you can tell by the sounds of cicadas, we're at Pinball Garage. (laughs) 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 It's funny because I was just noticing today, or yesterday, I was cutting the grass, and um, I live fairly close to here, and our cicadas are almost all gone. Like they just mm-hmm. like, like somebody flipped a switch. They all just died and they're, they're nowhere to be found now, but it sounds like they're still here. So yeah, I <laughs> actually all like just flew here. Heard the crickets last night. I was like, Holy crap. I hear crickets. Like, <laughs> I was, crickets. There was, there was one night last week where I went out after my kids were asleep and I went and I sat on the porch to have a beer and a cigar and the cicadas had all quieted down for the night and there were fireflies finally and i'm like oh my god this is the greatest this is the perfect time of year during this during the day you get all the cicadas and you get that part of summer and then the sun goes down and it's still warm and then there's lightning bugs and it was it's the perfect summer night yeah um introduce yourselves uh hey this is we'll explain why you are here in just a minute but <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Bradley from the Pinball Garage here in Hamilton, Ohio. And I'm Wayne, uh, Wayne Memmott, and I work for Sonder Brewing. So, I mean, we'll, we'll jump into it because we, we need to drink a beer, too. And um, yep. that's kind of why we're here, because um, from the beer fridge. there is a particular beer here that is called Wizard Mode. Which is the perfect summer beer, in my opinion, which is another reason why I think it's great that we're sitting outside right now, because it's like a fruity, delicious, perfect outdoor beer. It's a white ale with grapefruit. Is that right? That's it. Um, Fantastic. And it is a collaboration with Pinball Garage and Mm -hmm. Sonder, because this is clearly the year of Sonder's collaboration (laughs) with everybody in the universe. And so far, I've had almost all of them. I don't think I've tried the the Country Boy one yet, but they've all been absolute home runs, just like really, really spectacular beers. And thank you. um, This one is right up there, too. That's huge. Do you have the, do you still have the Country Boy one? We'll have it next week. Okay. All right. Uh, More reason. We'll come we'll down next week. next week. Yeah, it's very, it's very good. It's uh, a we don't need to talk about, it, but it's a, it's a great <laughs> porter. It's got really good chocolate flavors. I love that they come in a nineteen point two ounce like stove I pipe. Yeah, it's I, amazing. It's it, it fits. I don't know a ton about Country Boy, yep. but to me, it just fits like their <laughs> personality <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and knowing you know, kind of some of the personality kind of behind the shiny exterior mm-hmm. of Sonder, it fits that perfect. Yeah, it does. Or <laughs> yeah, we have a nice shiny exterior, like you said, but we're a bunch of wild folks back there. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not it's not all like you know prim and proper back there. Most of our brewers wear tank tops, so it's. <laughs> so let's talk about Mm -hmm. this beer how did this come about how did you guys get together and decide you know what we should do we should make the perfect summer beer well i can say that i don't know that you said that that's me saying that for the record uh, it was definitely at the like we wanted to have it for summertime i know that at some of the sales rep for sonder and i worked with a couple of our collaborations we did collaborations with queen city radio we've got a couple other ones that are in the works Uh, and whenever you do a collaboration, you want to do it with somebody that's already very supportive of the brand that you already like really like. And I really like the guys, Brad and Bradley out here at pinball garage. I like this place. It's super unique. And also I love Hamilton. And I know we said beforehand, we're not going to talk <laughs> trash about Hamilton, but I for real love Hamilton because I love seeing like over the past four years, what has happened here and like, what is going to continue to happen in this part of Ohio is like really beautiful. And so just because they're not Kings Island, they still deserve the special attention that sure. Sonder can give. So when I think that's what's kind of fun about it, too, for me, is that, you know, it's it's one th- when Kings Island says we want to collaborate. The answer is always yes. Yeah. I mean, that's uh-huh. that's a no brainer. And even somebody like Country Boy, of course, you collaborate with them yeah. if they want to. But it's really easy to say no when mm-hmm. you start talking about a place like Pinball Garage. How many right. how many bars of this size are in Saunders footprint. You don't have to collaborate no, with them. No, this is not going to make or break Saunders business for the year. That's why it's so perfect to me. Right. right. <laughs> well, it makes it feel good. That's, I mean, I hope I get credit from Sonder for saying this, but like we make uniquely crafted beer for everybody. Like our, that's the, and yeah, yeah. Our beer is really good and it's uniquely crafted, but 
the other part of our mission statement is it's for everybody. And so we want to make sure that our beers like enjoyed everywhere. And one of the cool things that we get to do is these like really unique beers for businesses that have partnered really well with Sonder. I mean, Pinball Garage has put us on tap since day one. We've been out here. They've kept you betcha pretty much. I think, I don't think it's been off tap. Just once, I think. One time. But yeah, Sonder's been our, one of the first reps to even come in mm-hmm. and, and Wayne and we had tossed around the idea of having a collaboration with a lot of breweries, but no one's been here as much to the pinball garage as Wayne and Sonder oh. brand. And I mean, yeah. you can't go wrong with Sonder and pinball. It just fits. And, and the beer, the whole process was amazing. Sonder couldn't have done any better, I think. And I'm not even a beer drinker, but I can drink this beer. So I think we can stand yeah. by it. Well, <laughs> that either means it's an awesome beer or it's a terrible beer because it's the only one. <laughs> well, yeah. And thank you. Uh, and, and, you know, on my end, I knew that some of their plans for expansion that I guess you can talk about because yeah, we'll it's happening as you see it. Um, plus the fact that I knew that they're expanding their tap line and I knew what this place would be in the summertime with their future plans. Like we need to make something for the summertime. The timing worked out. We wanted to have it out earlier, but one of the things we're dealing with at Saunders, we have to make a lot of beer and our tank space and stuff is limited. So we had to push it back a little bit, but I think it worked out well because now we're in the heat of the summer and it's it's a great fruit white ale and it's just really nice. It's I call it the perfect pool beer, you know? It really is. Or the perfect if you happen to be downtown Hamilton, you need right. to grab a Dora cup, you need to go walk. This is a this good, is this is a good walking ri- beer. Guys. This is a good river walk beer, yeah. And that's one of the coolest parts about Hamilton. I hope I see people drinking this in Dora cups uh to all the other places like municipal and you know, casual pint and all that stuff. Yeah, it's definitely a beer you hop on your bike and just take a few drinks and mm-hmm. stroll down the street. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. So the decision to go white ale with grapefruit, how did how did that come about? Was that most of it was from your dad. Uh Brad loves grapefruit. He loves, loves, loves grapefruit. And he also likes wheat ales. And so I was like, well, we make a pretty darn good wheat ale. And grapefruit is one of the fruits that I know that the brewers at Sonda really enjoy using and pretty much have dialed in like how to do well. So I was like, well, we can take our white ale and we can flavor it appropriately and do all that stuff. And um and make a really nice beer for him. So, so Blanc got a little bit of a reformulation mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year. Yes, and I, I don't you love can... it as much as I liked the other one. Oh, see, I, you are of the I, vast I know minority. That. I know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the other end. I mean, I respect what it is, but I, I. With that being said, this takes some of those things that I do love about Blanc and makes it a little more of what I want Blanc to be. So yeah. um, take that for what it is. I, yeah. I, I like this a lot. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, how many grapefruit IPAs can you get? Right. Yeah. It's, it's a, a dime a dozen. Yeah. How many grapefruit white ales can you go and get? Right. Not, not many. And, you know, I, so for Blanc, I was, as a sales rep, I, Blanc was my, least selling beer. I, I tried to, I knew what it was for, but it was very hard for me to convince people to like take off blue moon and put this on. (laughs) What's What's up, up, buddy? What's up guys? Um, so I like the new formulation of Blanc because I can go into place and be like, this is better than what you have on tap. And I'm, and I know I'm right. Sorry. I don't, I'm not going to throw shade on anyone. I can, (laughs) I can talk crap about blue moon. I'm fine with that. You know, it, there are plenty of people who think that they like a certain style and maybe maybe they don't actually because they've never really had it before. <laughs> I, but to your point... Or had a good version. <laughs> right. right. And, and to your point, I would... I do appreciate... I love a good Belgian beer. So, like, I do appreciate, like, the Belgianness of that old version of Blanc. I would really love to see us, like examine that realm of beer brewing. I don't know if it's a passion for the brewers, but I know that like I love Belgian beers. And that's something I haven't seen a ton from Sonder. Well, I mean, the the bigger question is, does it, does it sell if you do kind of dive down <laughs> yeah. that? Well, you, you know, we have small enough tanks that we can make something for tap room in a limited draft release. You know, you, we've, yeah, it's not going to sell maybe at BW3s, but it might sell <laughs> at, a, at a place like Pinball Garage right. or, you know, Casual Pine or one of those places that really, like, takes care to have very differing styles of craft beer, you know. What has the reaction been to this one here? I mean, I know it's only been, 
you know, less than a week, but <laughs> I mean, we're on our second keg, so <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's I think a good it's pretty sign good. then. Um, because again, like it's sometimes it's it's interesting to me when you, um, how you how you name a beer, how you what you call the style, what you uh, all of those things have a huge, huge factor in if somebody is going to order, especially when you've got a great tap list in there. Like there's a ton of really great oh, beer yeah. and sometimes people get a little stressed out when they look at it and they skip over things that make them a little nervous. So um, I don't know if like the adding grapefruit makes it way easier and way more approachable for somebody to try it. And then they, why? I, I don't know. I, I'm always interested. In it it kind of sells itself, especially when we, we have such a good following here and where we tell, you know, our regulars, Hey, we, we have a beer that you can only get here. And it has very good qualities of beer that a lot of people like. That's one of the things we were going for. It's like, we want a beer that a lot of people can drink and not dislike what is in it. And, and grapefruit and beer is like a, a great combo for people yeah. who, who drink. So it's just, you couldn't really go wrong with it. And so it pretty much sells itself. When you see wizard mode, you're like, I want one of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we didn't want to do an IPA because like you said, the strength of the tap list, like, I don't want to cannibalize You Betcha Sales. I don't want to cannibalize Pseudo Sue. Like, they have a lot of other IPAs that are really incredible. And People so it's drinking, a, still drinking Pseudo Sue? Uh huh. Here. <laughs> King Sue, Pseudo Sue. Oh, King Can't Sue, Pseudo Sue. Yeah. I, so I want to have, you know, I, I didn't want to cannibalize that. Um, but the name is like huge. That, right. that was you. That, yeah. was, that was all Bradley. Just kind of hit us in the face, too. We were just right. talking, like, man, what should we name this? And we're like, Man, what goes better with pinball than wizard mode? It's literally yeah. you win the game. I was like, what's something? What's something that's like pit? I was just like start naming pinball stuff, and I was like, go past the first, no tilt, no none of that. <laughs> what's next? He's like, well, wizard modes when you win the game. I was like, that's a great beer name. That's we're doing that. That's it. That's perfect. And then so at Sonder, we've been growing pretty steadily. We just hired a new person to join our marketing team named Macy. And so the branding of this was her first project for Sonder. So, and I think she crushed it. She made the tap handle and the posters and all the Facebook event pages and stuff like that. So I don't think it could have gone any better. I mean, it's totally retro 80s neon sign handle. It's, it's, it seems like one of those jobs too, as a marketing person, like we need you to come up with this stuff. For a pinball beer. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> hey, beer collaboration. What are you doing today? I made a tap handle for a collaboration with a pinball garage. You know? <laughs> so let's talk about pinball garage. This is a oh, yeah. story that, um, especially since I live you know, fairly locally here, that I've been watching for a very long time. Um, uh, the idea, well, start from the beginning. How did this all, how did this all start? So... My dad used to have a factory where he manufactured virtual pinball machines uh, in Fairfield, and, and he, he outgrew it and found this cool space. It was this old uh, Goodyear garage in downtown Hamilton here, and shortly after, the, the mayor and the guys from the city were like, we want an entertainment venue in Hamilton, and my dad was like, I don't, I don't want to get in the industry, and... I had was in between jobs and was this like 2017? Yeah, it's been about three years going on now. And so we got in here and they're like, man, look, like I was in between jobs and he was like, let's go for it. And it took it took two years just to get everything going. And it, it started off as uh, a little bit smaller than we expected. But honestly, we couldn't couldn't be we wouldn't wish to be anywhere else but here. So you guys officially opened your doors uh, probably right around the start of COVID. <laughs> yeah, it was June. It was June twelfth of last year. So it is pretty much one year ago from today that we opened up. Um, when when COVID kind of everything shut down and the world stopped turning, um, was there a discussion that maybe this shouldn't happen? It was a tough spot, but we had our, we were already ready to go in, in, in March of last year. And it was just kind of like, all right, let's just wait and see what happens. And then stuff gets going along and stuff's opening up slowly. So we're like, it, and it started off just me working every day with my dad. And it was pretty rough at first. And then things started to get good. We co honestly couldn't ask for a better clientele here in Hamilton. People have always supported us since day one. We've been very fortunate. 
Well, that's when, when Wayne was saying that, you know, Sonder makes beer for everyone. One of the things that struck me when, because this is my first time being here, and you guys can send me angry emails how I'm an idiot to spend time in Hamilton and not come here sooner. But um, one of the things that struck me right away, and it's pretty true with most places in Hamilton, but way more distinctly here for, for what I've been able to see, but the different types of people that you see in that same room together standing next to each other at different machines is um staggeringly obvious we definitely <laughs> in a like, really fun way we definitely like to include anyone we're, we're family friendly all hours so that's a very plus thing for us you know it can be 10 o'clock on a friday night and you know we still have kids playing pinball with their family and we, we always want to make that environment where it's like yeah you can grab a few drinks but there's not people here slinging six shots every hour you know it's like it's just more of a relaxed environment we have we strive in our customer service so if there's ever any issues we're always 100 percent on top of it as soon as we can and that's just our motto it's it's that really unique type of place though that if you walk in there may be somebody standing at the bar doing a shot and that's that seems normal but then you, you're also going to have, you know, a, a kid standing over playing machine. You're going to have somebody's grandma over at the other machine playing something. It's just these very different types of people. And, and craft breweries are the same way, but not to the degree that a place like this is. It's, it, just, it's a magnet towards all kinds of different people. It was wild. We did a comedy show here on Friday to promote Wizard Mode. Um, and the... Um, eclectic group of people that were all here because there's a big concert going on. So I got here and I didn't know if everyone that was here was for the going to the concert <laughs> or for the comedy show. And then as soon as we started the comedy show, I mean, this whole area was full. Of, I mean, it's probably 50 people out here. Would you imagine? Right? At least. At least. Yeah. And uh, there's like a 21st birthday party. There's, you know, seven girls. Those are 21st birthday right. party. And then there's just like, you know, people that were, I don't want to go to a concert. <laughs> and it's just cool to see how many different people are always in here. And it's always, I mean, it's a Wednesday at seven, seven o'clock and it's full for a bar for sure. You know? So well, it's, it's just is as welcoming as a lot of craft breweries are as welcoming as a lot of bars these days are. There still are a lot of people that just don't enjoy that type of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You've got places like this that just kind of flip that, completely upside down and turn it into something completely different and you know if you want to go hang out with your friends and maybe a lot of them don't want to go to a tap room I maybe should right. be friends with them but um yeah you're, you we're know, not like, friends with those this people is, this is one of those places though that just it everybody's gonna be happy mm-hmm. <laughs> you can get yourself a slushy and uh play some pinball and <laughs> right and you might get lucky and see someone play that's like really really good at pinball which for me is like it's like, how do you be good at pinball? Watch somebody that's good at pinball. And that's that's how. And I mean I love pinball, but I'm definitely not great at pinball. Like I still my my parents have a machine in their basement and I still don't know what half the stuff how half the stuff happens. It'll yell things and I'm like, I don't I don't know what that means. I don't know what you want me to do. So here's my biggest pinball question. And i I can Google it, but it's maybe good for the podcast. Before the internet. How did people learn the rules of a pinball? Was it just playing or was there like a source somewhere where it told you how all of these games worked? Well, if you own the game, it came with a manual. Otherwise, uh, if you're playing it at like a bar or something, you just had to learn from your buddies or playing the game. Um, wow. Most of those guys are pretty good. Like the machine will tell you what, where, what you need to do next and right. the scoreboard and stuff like that. But otherwise, if you own the game, it came with a manual that told you all the shots okay. you needed to hit. But they're long, complex games. Right. It can be two hours. Holy cow. It's crazy. To, to imagine someone like playing, like I'm like, oh, pinball. Yeah, I got 15 minutes to kill. You know, and that's like, that's like after I've died three times or whatever. <laughs> well, to give you an idea of how not great at pinball we are, we've, you know, my, my parents have had this machine in their basement for years now. What machine? The, uh, it's NASCAR. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it, the default high scores. We can't get a high score on the <laughs> we can't get past the defaults. <laughs> you can change that. I think, I, yeah, then we got to get that manual out. Yeah, yeah, find the manual. And so like I think maybe the very bottom one somebody finally got, but the rest of them are still just the default. That's so wild. But man, it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what it means to shoot the right ramp. Uh, there's tons of right ramps. Am I supposed to hit them all? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Pinball. Um so uh, another random pinball question since we're we're on it. 
um, tilt. Is that part of a strategy or is that, are you not supposed to do that? You don't want to tilt. No. Okay, that's so th there's a little shaker bob in the bottom of the machine that you can change uh, how sensitive it is. It's like if you shake your phone real quick and it s starts going crazy, it it ends your game and you lose your bonus. Is a, is part of the strategy learning how much you can? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so depending on depending on the game, you get three. You get two warnings, and then your third uh, warning ends your ball. So navigating how much you can play with the machine is definitely a strategy that the the really good pinball players use. So fun because I mean, video games are fun, but pinball adds this whole other element of of, of reality, I yeah. guess, to it. Yeah. This tactile kind of thing. It's I love pinball. It's I mean it's <laughs> it's vinyl. It's, a, it's the you know vinyl form of entertainment, just sure. like you know vinyl records, or it's tactile. You can limited. You know your dad could build an arcade that's got every freaking game in the world ever on it, and fill this place with twenty Still of not them. The same. And yeah. it's not the same as coming in and like playing. What's the one you guys just got? The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. You know, like and you're getting new machines and stuff like that, and it's you know that's cool that's and it's the hunt you know right. like i'm a huge fan of this machine so you figure out where it is you said that there's people that come here because you guys have certain machines yeah, yeah. it's fun yeah so you mentioned expansion um uh, news of planned expansions i think started getting published right after you guys had a grand opening <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah. actually in a lot of the articles about the grand opening they said and they're thinking about expanding um yeah it's, it's talk definitely about what that means a little bit and how how it factors into kind of the long-term plan of what this is. Yeah, so it's definitely been on our minds since we started, and in space has always been kind of a question and seating-wise. So. Oops, <laughs> Hamilton. We did say we did say that would happen. It probably won't even actually show up in the final version. Everybody will think we're crazy now. Mm -hmm. But um, so seating was always kind of a question, and and we have the space here to do it, but funding was kind of tight and COVID happened and so we decided just to open up with what we had and so tentatively late this summer we're supposed to have uh, our, our additional area in the back opened up that will transition pretty smoothly from the front of, front of our space to the back and we'll have designated table seatings and some TVs back there and some cool roll-up garage doors with indoor outdoor seating and, and also 30-40 more games for people to play. There's also a food truck parked over there. How does that play into Yeah, it? so we'll have a permanent food food truck. Um, so you, you won't even really notice that there's a food truck. You'll order from a host or your bartender, and your food will be ordered delivered to you from your ticket number. Um, so it should be a pretty seamless transition. We're going to have some really delicious barbecue oh. slash bar food. Oh, I know. It's like, <laughs> oh, you have, you have, you, you have pit, beer and pinballs? Cool. Oh, and barbecue? Oh. <laughs> Do you have a place I can put a tent? Can I just, is there a cot in the back that I can just stay here? Wait, you mean, you mean I can walk around with a beer outside uh -huh. and get a Dora cup and I can go and I can play pinball all night and you have, what, you have slushies? Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and barbecue. Uh-huh. Oh, and there's two breweries within walking distance and another tap room and a giant park and a river. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when you talked about kind of how it all started, you, you mentioned that Hamilton was very eager to get you guys to do something other than just a, a manufacturing facility for, for pinball machines. But um, Hamilton didn't look quite then like it does today. I mean, you could kind of start to see some of those ripples happening. And mm -hmm. um, how does the future of Hamilton, how does that kind of play into what this is going to look like long-term too? That was definitely the main draw. You could kind of see like Spooky Nook was just officially getting announced and the city had kind of known that it was going to happen and they had all these numbers and of course COVID kind of said that back a little bit but otherwise it would have been hard sell to do what we're doing here but even still without Spooky Nook it's a very successful and, and fun place to be but we we the city sold us on that fact of Spooky Nook and, and what that would bring to the city and you can kind of see it now with all the infrastructure that's being built and like places like Agave and Rye choosing to come to Hamilton and you've got a designated slushy facility. Agave and Rye is coming to Hamilton? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So, um, I think, and I, if you disagree with me, just yell at me on Twitter or something, but I think that Hamilton is probably the best example of a successful Dora 
area. I mean, it was the first one in Ohio. It it wasn't the it Middletown. Wasn't. Middletown, oh, Middletown, Middletown was, was yeah. It was. Um, there's there's they're behind still though. Yeah, well, Middletown's always behind. <laughs> well, I, and since they, we can't make fun of Hamilton they, anymore, they've got Middletown's <laughs> I'm, got I'm some. Sorry, Rolling Mill and Fig Leaf. Yeah, <laughs> but they've got that little area. They've got. They just don't have enough businesses. It just, it just there hasn't. Yeah. It just hasn't caught fire yet. Well, and, and Hamilton did just so fast it seemed like because they have this road that has i mean i'm sure you have the stats of how many cars drive on this road it's crazy it's incredible they're just driving through this downtown people aren't you know that part of middletown is not the thoroughfare right you know i'm excited i hope a lot of other communities that are getting this dora up like harrison and i know wyoming and stuff like that can really like see what hamilton has done and how it's sold it on it because it's this is where it's been successful well right the city itself has embraced it so heartily mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. other, other places I think just kind of reluctantly. Okay. Yep. Make you guys yes. happy. We'll let you do this, but right. we're not going to, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to develop to bring new restaurants and try and get like established Cincinnati brands to open new locations and stuff like that. Whereas like, I know the people in Hamilton are definitely working on that. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. they have a designated team mm-hmm. to go around and support Dora and, and, yep make sure that everything's chill and it's a cool environment and nothing crazy is going on. So, you know, also happening this summer in Hamilton, you've got, you know, Agave and Rise in, in planning. Um, there's a food truck park going in on that side of the river over there. And they've got along the sidewalk, they're putting in like high top kind of, uh, almost like bar seating along mm-hmm. the sidewalk so you can sit down in the food truck park and then get your door cup and then go walk. It, it's the city is, is the Hamilton right. urban backyard. You got yeah, it. Yeah, there you, go. yeah. Yeah. you got the Billy Yanks uh-huh. nice bourbon bar yeah. going yeah. in. <laughs> you know, it's going to be fun. As somebody who grew up in Fairfield, we did like to make fun of Hamilton a lot. And I look at it and I'm like, Oh shit. It was the place. It was a, <laughs> It was a place you didn't want to go to when I was right, a kid. Right. Now yeah. everyone from Fairfield's coming to Hamilton. Yeah. It mm-hmm. um it and the thought of where it could be in five years or in ten years or further down the road is just absolutely um it's mind blowing. It's it's really exciting to think that something like this could start to convince people to come the other direction when they want to go hang out somewhere and drink. You don't have to go to OTR. If you no. don't want that crowd, you can come to a place like this. Well, and if you think about all the places around here, the like they're so eclectic as far as like what they have offered now. And I know this sounds like a big sales pitch for Hamilton. It's not, but you got Basil. This show is sponsored by Hamilton. Yeah, you got Basil. Hamilton, if you want to sponsor the show, send me an email. <laughs> then you've got like a pinball garage that's expanding with barbecue. You've got North Second, Tano, a really high-end bistro, casual pint, you know, and like plus municipal plus fretboard across the river, you know, very diverse collection of beer and drinks and And that's whatever you're looking for here right now. That's what you could come here tomorrow and all of that's open and ready to go. Right. Like, honestly, it's not easy to go to OTR and find the beer that you're looking for. No, No. you you, you can go to (laughs) one, one place here and you've got two places that have over 30 tabs. Mm -hmm. You're going to find something. (laughs) I sell beer in OTR. I'm one of the lucky people that gets to sell beer in Hamilton and in OTR. And I can tell you it is a lot of, Similar tap lines, <laughs> not all the same, but it, it works. It, but. Yeah, but th- th- you know they also have the drive of a lot of tourism coming and wants stuff that's local. I mean, that's why municipal is always going to do well here because people that keep visit, you know, people who have kids that are on four lacrosse teams and they come to Spooky <laughs> Nook three times a year, they're going to have municipal is going to have fans from Montana. You right. know, like fretboard's going to have fans from Florida that just come and go to fretboard every time they're here. Yeah, it's 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 a really it's an exciting time for mm-hmm. um, just in general. It's an exciting time for craft beer when you see places that are starting to get things like that, and 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 where craft beer can really become part of the community in a way that it it mm-hmm. wasn't doing before. I mean, no. like it was. It's all craft beer is always a part of the community that it's in, but not like it is now. Like it's it is it becomes a a hub and a catalyst for areas to really, to really turn into something that I, I don't think a lot of people could have imagined 10 yeah. years ago, 15 years ago. It's wild. You know, it's, I mean, that breweries do what before people would say is what coffee shops did. Yeah. You know, like there was always like, there's a, there's a theory on cities about the coffee shops. It's like, 
urban hubs and hubs of growth and all that stuff, but like breweries I, are becoming that for neighborhoods. Do you think that coffee shops were ever considered like a, a real a, a catalyst for growth in the neighborhood though? Not probably not financially. Whereas I, th- I or as think I, I think breweries breweries are. are like oh yeah. If, if you have like mm-hmm. a you can you can pick a really crappy place mm-hmm. and if you throw a brewery in then and and get the community to, to support it. I mean, I'm um, not, things will happen. I'm not going to throw shade on Sharonville, but look at Third Eye. <laughs> Third Eye. You know I mean, you could even go to Wiedemann's. I mean, Wiedemann's, Wiedemann's and St. Bernard. Example, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, not a place most people would want to go to regularly and then you add in good beer and really good food and people are there brink and college hill yeah i mean what was what was red rose was there before they opened bacall's was there marty's hops and vines and college hill coffee but all the rest of those restaurants that open up are there really because of brink yeah it's i mean i I know that i'm a little little biased with my uh my feelings about what craft breweries do but Mm -hmm. i don't think there's any other businesses that can do that in the same way i mean i think select bars can but I think if you look at percentages of breweries that enact real change with the neighborhoods that they're in, it's higher than the percentages of bars and restaurants that enact real change in the communities that they're in. I think so. And especially with us, it's, it's not as much about the money as it is as the community and, and the events that we put on. Exactly. For, for and this people. would be the pl- one of the places that is like, yeah, I mean, this you're growing Hamilton. You're, you know. Yeah, I mean, jobs. You've got people that live in Hamilton that work for you guys, and you're going to grow. You're going to double your space. You're going to have to double your staff. You know, like it's 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 also an understanding that you know we you know everybody likes to say that you know a rising tide lifts all ships, yep. and then some people kind of roll their eyes when you say it because they don't really believe it. But it is a real thing in this industry that in any industry, if they can all kind of get on board. But when you look at places like pinball garage like you know that if you create this space right here that gets people to walk from over there over here that means that somebody else is going to want to open something right there and somebody else is going to want to open something right there yep and then that's going to bring more people here and that's going to bring more people into it and like it it the whole thing becomes this this ball that just keeps you know this big snowball that keeps building and we're really not even on the main drag or anything you know we're, we're on a side street here off high street so you know People are usually going out of their way to get here. You know, Hamilton has really good events and people see it that way. But otherwise, it's natural marketing, brand management. Mm-hmm. People want to have fun and we have a fun atmosphere here. Right. Yeah. I. Again, that's why coming back to the collaboration, that's why I was like, I didn't choose them. I wouldn't. It all comes up in conversation from just hanging. I didn't like pull up a list of accounts and be like, who deserves a collaboration with Sonder? It was just... I know we can do something that they were looking for very well. I also saw that they would support it because they're a place that didn't just open a bar and knew it would run itself. Like they're, you know, actively involved every single day in making this thing successful. I knew that they would get behind whatever we made, you know, whatever we made together, that they would fully endorse, support, promote, and all that stuff. So that's because, you know, that that relationship is so important too, that they trust, you know, what you guys are doing at Sonder. You guys trust what they're doing here. Uh, right. It's, it's, uh, well, and I mean, to come back to the collaboration process, I'm sure your listeners are pretty familiar with it, but it's not like we can make them a, a can of it to try before. I mean, we could pull some Blanc and try and equate it with some grapefruit to get a similar, but it's kind of like we, you got to trust that we're making it's right. like baking a cake. You, you put all the ingredients together, you follow the recipe you put in, it's probably going to come out right. There's a chance it doesn't, but. Um, it, it is a trust. It's a it's a mutual right. trust. And whenever you see a brewery do a collaboration with a business, that generally means there's a big amount of trust between the two businesses. Well, yeah, you're you're in a lot of ways you both are putting your reputa- reputation on the line. Mm-hmm. If somebody walks in here. Um, I assume that a lot of people that walk in here that are that are grabbing a craft beer know who Sonder is, but. Yep. Yeah, it but might, it, it could might be their be that first. first time <laughs> it might be that first time that they try what you're doing, and and they're probably going to get recommended that one because it's the the collaboration beer. And right. well, um, and, we, and we hope that people are coming in to try this beer here. You know, excuse me. We we hope that that's you know what we we want that to happen. Yeah, I mean, 
it makes it a really good excuse to come out here and see yeah. what this place is all about. Oh, I'm a fan of Sondra. I live in Mason. Where's this pinball garage? They pull up. Oh, it's 15 minutes away or whatever. That's the thing like, that I think people don't realize too is that if you do live in some of those northern suburbs, right, it really is not that. Just far get on to get 129 to, Just to, to Mason. Go on, go 129 until it ends. Basically, I mean, not until it ends, but you know. <laughs> To, to where it ends in your and, mind until it gets exciting, <laughs> right? Until you get to Third Street, you, right? It's easy turn, but it's really it's not that far, especially from those northern communities. And as far as I know, there's nothing like this place. And I mean, the closest ones would be down in North Side and OTR, and even are, those are more. Are they still open? So Arcade Legacy is. Sixteen uh, bit has moved into pins, but even those are those are arcade focused. They right. have pinball machines, but they're arcade focused. Right. I know you guys have some machines, what, at fretboard? Yeah, we have two yep. two pinball machines at fretboard. Yeah. yeah, but again, that's two. Right. How many are in there right now hooked up? <laughs> 32. Yeah, 32. Well, How many what... taps do you have? 32. <laughs> 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 Let's talk uh, bigger kind of beer picture. Uh, Cincinnati as a whole, as a craft beer community, What's got you guys excited about it? What's got you a little nervous about it? If if anything, what's uh, what's on your mind about Cincinnati craft beer? I don't think there could be a better time for craft beer in Cincinnati than right now, honestly. Yeah, I I think Cincinnati craft beer is on a cusp right now because we've seen all of these breweries like kind of open up and stuff, and and you've been to them. We could list them, but like Third Eye, we mentioned earlier you know, um, narrow path, like some of these places that just have esoteric that are making like, they're making Crazy. really incredible making beer. Great beer. They're making really incredible beer. And, uh, I, there's other places that have opened that are all making uh, rebel metal. I had, uh, I had a Pilsner's Vickle from them yesterday, just at an account that they were tasting. And I was like, wow, this is really incredible. And it's like, yeah, places are opening up or making better beer than before. It took places five years to get to yeah they're opening up day one with better beer than right. a lot of places right and it's so it's i think i'm of your mind where rising tide raises all boats and i said this before on a podcast on sonder and i'm going to call it talking about country boy dh listened to it and heard it and called it out on the podcast he did with sonder so i was very happy but i'm not fighting fretboard i'm not fighting municipal i'm not fighting third eye i'm fighting bud light Miller Lite and, and all the brands that they own to get those taps. Until every tap in Cincinnati is covered by local beers, when that happens, then the fight's on. That's, you know, when Dan Listerman had a quote that he said on our show, but it wasn't the first time I had heard him say it. He's been saying it since he decided yeah. he wanted to open a brewery in his home brew shop, that the beer drinkers of this world are like a forest of Bud Light drinkers that you just have to go in and start chopping down one at a time. Mm -hmm. We then followed it up with um, probably something in German that I didn't understand, mm -hmm. but uh, <laughs> that, you know, you never hear somebody that goes from being a, a macro drinker goes to craft beer and comes back and goes back. Exactly. Ever, ever. It doesn't ever happen. Sometimes, you know, my, you know, <laughs> you, you, uh, well, no, I, so I, Worked at Taft's for a year and a half. And when I took the job at Taft's, I left a pretty lucrative job at GE. And people would come up to me like, aren't you worried about the craft beer bubble? I was like, <laughs> alcohol is recession proof. And I don't care if every craft brewery in Cincinnati closes, I'm not going back to drinking Coors Light. Like it will not. <laughs> I'll have one on occasion when I'm at a wedding or something like that. Like I'm not a snob about it. And I don't make a big stink like, oh, I guess, you know, what I, I drink, you know, Coors Banquets, Miller Highlights, all that stuff. But like. I'm not going back to just like on my way home, picking up a 30 rack or whatever. Like, I, you right. know, I'm picking six packs up and yeah. So there's, there's still a lot of you walk into any bar, uh, even I'll even say this, walk into pinball garage. There's somebody in there drinking a Bud Light right now. I, even with the amount of fantastic mm -hmm. beer that is on tap. On yeah. I mean, every single bar, even if, the bartender says, hey, have you tried one of these other lagers? It's like, I don't like I don't craft like beer. I don't, I don't, I don't okay. drink craft beer until okay. they do. Uh -huh. Until you until do. <laughs> you force, until they show up to a wedding or a barbecue at a <laughs> brewer's house and they have no option. <laughs> like, fine, what do you have that's Bud Light? Why well, have this Kolsch? Oh, I guess I like Kolsch now. That's usually what happens. That's, <laughs> yeah, this, is, this, this is pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get Sonder make a coffee Kolsch and they're like, 
Mind blown. <laughs> That's what I'm drinking. There's there's just uh there's still so much room out there for growth in craft beer. Oh yeah. And you know, even as far as the number of breweries, and this is this is my opinion, but as long as there are places that are neighborhood spots that mm-hmm. don't have a brewery close to them that people are sitting down and drinking beer, they there's room for a brewery. It doesn't have to be a big brewery, but no. there is room for somebody to be making beer for their neighborhood. Oh, I, I agree. a lot of space there, too. Mm-hmm. I, and I think also it's a it's different than a bar, you know? Yeah. You, the people that work at bars, you, when you get beer tenders, people that are, you know, serving, it's different than a bartender. A bartender oh, yeah. will leave a bar and go to another bar and not miss a beat, but it's like, it's a different skill to work in a brewery because it's like also yeah yeah I don't I don't well, know even just from from a drinker's perspective like I, I like bars I like hanging mm-hmm. out in a bar but um, sometimes I don't like sometimes right. I don't want to go sit in a bar sometimes I want to sit at a tap room mm-hmm. sometimes I want to sit at a at a pinball garage yeah. <laughs> like there's you need these different types of places these things that fill these different needs but yes. that all still kind of revolve around me having a beer oh dude. <laughs> What makes yeah. you nervous about craft beer? Or is there anything? Oh, did I say what was exciting about craft beer? Well, I think that was exciting. Wasn't oh, yeah, it, it was. Uh, nervous about craft beer for me, I think, is... Seltzer. No. It's <laughs> I said us- about craft beer. <laughs> seltzer is a whole... Seltzer is not craft beer. Seltzer's its own thing. Honestly... I don't really know what makes me very nervous about craft beer. I think market exhaustion and market exhaustion, and this is like high level. This is more inside baseball market exhaustion because of buyer's exhaustion. So when you go to a bar, you deal, you're a buyer for beer. You get, you have a day where you have 30 different reps walk through your door. You know, every time there's a new brewery, now there's a new rep. And those reps talk to their friends. Where's the craft beer? They get a list of bars and they go visit those bars. Right. And, or they pull up best of lists and all that stuff. So some of the real popular bars will have days where like, I've talked to 20 reps and I bought two kegs. That's it. You know, and it's, so I think fatigue. And then they, they start going back to the distributors because they don't want to deal with so many people. Yeah. So because of that fatigue, that translates to the bar customers because now they're not getting as much craft beer, but their experience isn't noticeably different if we're, if we're being very honest, you know? Yeah, I mean, if if you are a, a new bar and you don't want to deal with a right. bunch of a bunch of reps coming in. You have eight tap handles. Guess, guess, <laughs> who, guess who you can talk to that gives you something that looks like a full lineup of a bunch of craft beer. Right. Oh, big well, and even then, <laughs> even then, there's ones like Cavalier, you know, sure. who actually carries a pretty big craft portfolio, and they could fill most of your lines with different styles, and they would be happy, to. and they'd be happy to. <laughs> and, and so it's like, what scares me about it is the we talk about all these great breweries, and I won't say any names. If I haven't mentioned you, that doesn't mean you're a bad brewery, but there are breweries that aren't making beer that's up to snuff that are out there drowning these poor buyers in their beer and you know and it could be big nationals that are coming in you know like but from a bar honestly like your customer is not going to know the difference if you have sonder record hop or elysian space dust which you can get from your bud rep well and that's i think that's the part that makes me nervous is that it's not not necessarily the cavalier coming in and selling you Uh, filling your tap lines with a bunch of with different breweries of different sales. and you know and, and all those other ones or, or premium selling you know uh, bells and founders right. and big national actual craft brands or whatever but well you, i mean <laughs> yeah it's the 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 place that can come in and say oh yeah i'll fill your your tap with uh with a bunch of different craft beers and it's here's shock top Elysian. uh Goose. A Beta Goose Island, yeah, you know, a, and then Bud Light, Budweiser. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what scares me is that the term craft beer is starting to mean something else than I think I want it to. Right. <laughs> and if if I'm not the majority consumer, fine. It's it's going to end up that way. But the, the only thing that saves craft beer is that seltzers have to be pressurized at a higher pressure than craft beer and most people have lines that are one pressure for like four to eight taps so they can't turn them all up to put a seltzer on tap but yeah, yeah but it's hard though because it sells yeah uh, exactly well, but i know but if you have like you guys where you could change the pressure on each one i mean you could put five seltzers on tap and they'd all sell but, I mean, 
but going back to kind of those OTR bars, walk into any one of those on a weekend, <laughs> people aren't drinking a ton of craft beer. They're they're all walking around with these cans of seltzer mm-hmm. in their hands. Like they don't even care what's on tap because they didn't look at the taps. They do drink craft beer though. And OTR. Yeah. It's yeah, but yeah. it's at the certain places that you go to. Uh there are a lot of places in OTR and you know, I sell a pretty good amount of craft beer now. I mean, hell, Queen City Radio is selling a keg and a half of op- of our Hellas Lager every week. And it's like, it's a Hellas Lager. You should be selling Coors Light. Why isn't Coors Light? You know, and it's like, they are. But, th- I mean, to have a bar selling a keg and a half I, of something a week is I need a somebody to look up a statistic uh, or come up with a statistic or make one up of how many gallons of beer are drank in OTR versus seltzer. Oh, it's... <laughs> It's 10% to 90. It's 10 to 90. Uh, beer or craft beer? Craft beer, it's 5%. <laughs> it, uh, the, the world is very strange right now, but it's also kind of, it is kind of fun watching craft beer kind of figure itself out. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't hate seltzer. I think that there's no. room for seltzer in the same way that there's room for cocktails and wine and all kinds of other things. Well, people are going to get seltzer fatigue too. That's the other thing. They keep coming out with, there's only so many ways you can innovate a seltzer. There's only so many fruit combinations you can actively buy and put into a seltzer. There's only so many times you're going to trick someone into thinking an iced tea seltzer is actually good. Especially if you guys are all ordering out of the same catalog. Stop right. doing that. Right. Exactly. They're all or Exactly. You can so, only have so much red cream soda. <laughs> well, see, that's somebody that's actually... That's, that stuff is good. Innovating. Yeah, they're innovating the seltzer it, world. It, it, I, I drink it because I'm health conscious, guys. It's hard, too. <laughs> Do you know how much sugar it takes to make that red cream soda flavor? It's monk fruit. I, it is. <laughs> It, it's crazy that it's outselling everything else that we have. Uh huh. That's what's like can't, I. You can't not sell it. I right talked to. No. I talked to. I'll, I'll, you know, we'll say municipal just to use them as an example. A place that maybe drug their feet about making a seltzer for a while. That then once they did, we we're like, oh shit, this this becomes one of our. I'll say one of if it's. I don't know for a fact it's their top seller, but I think it is, um, especially this time of year then it becomes very hard to ignore that your your drinkers, your people that are, you know, visiting mm-hmm. your establishment, that that's what they want. I don't think it'll pass approachable blonde, but what it does is it allows you to go to a place and where you can be a beer, beer drinker, but your friend doesn't and they can have something else to drink. That's, that's, we did it. So initially we were making, uh, Sandra was making a uh, cider that was incredible. Right. And I, that was, I love Scarlet that was awesome, but it was for gluten free drinkers. And then we realized, well, cider's a hard market. What about a seltzer? We started making a seltzer. It's one of our top sellers. It's not one of our top sellers out in the world, but there are places that carry it and love it. You know, it's hard to fight against White it, Claw and Truly, but it's very good. I think it could be one it, of your top sellers out in the world if, if you wanted it to be. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. We also, yeah. We have a lot of things that could be a top seller if we wanted to be, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. Uh, we have one of those cool uh, problems where we have uh, too much beer and not enough tanks. So... <laughs> Rough life. Yeah, I know. I don't. I also don't want to get in trouble for anything I say. So, Justin, nobody, nobody listens to the show. It's okay. I can't wait till Danny texts me right now when he gets to this. Right now, goes I listen to this. Uh, that's all I've got for you guys. Is there anything that either one of you want people to know about either Sonder or Pinball Garage that you think that they don't know? Um. A lot of people, I don't know, if you haven't been to Sonder, it's not that far off of 71. <laughs> Some people think it's all the way up in Mason. It's I like, think that goes for the Hamilton. It, it's the same thing. Far, it's not really that far. Same with Pinball Garage. Like The world's opening up, and it's great to support your neighborhood spots. Everybody's been struggling through the pandemic, doing the same thing. I would just encourage people to make that extra trip to find a cool spot, go to a new spot, explore something new. If you've heard about it, you should probably go visit it. Uh, and that goes for everything. You've heard about Pinball Garage. Take a night. Like, hey, we're going to go out to Hamilton and see what happens. Come out here. Talk to one bartender. They'll tell you where else to go. I mean, it's like you're going on vacation for a night. They will, they all, they're all friends. They all support each other. You come to Pinball Garage, have a couple drinks. If their barbecue's open, maybe have some dinner. If not, walk down the street to North 2nd, have a drink. You know, just have have a night. Come out to Sonder, you know. Um, yeah. I think we're good you know it, there's not much you know 
more fun than grabbing a couple of buddies and heading down and grabbing a few drinks and hitting up the pinball garage, grabbing a Dora cup, walking around. We got, there's a new restaurant in Hamilton called Chicken Cone. Oh yeah, yeah Chicken Cone. You got all, all the range. I've walked past it like five times and every time I'm like, I gotta go there. Yeah, you should. I mean, what what a great idea. You can literally hold your food in one hand and your beer in the other hand mm-hmm. and do both. So it's, it's like chicken inside a waffle cone. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's, I mean, it's, it's actually really simple to describe. It's chicken in a waffle cone, guys. Right. It's, <laughs> and, it, and it's good. It's really good. Um, every time you walk past, it smells like the fair to me. And I just, mm-hmm. it, man. Yeah. Okay. I, and say, and you know, just keep going out. You know, the world's opening up. Uh, just keep supporting all these places that you haven't been able to support. Keep us around. Keep us all around. That's couldn't put it better myself. Just get out there and, and especially if you haven't been somewhere that you've heard about a bunch and you've heard people talking about or you've tried right. their beer, grabbed a you know six pack of Kroger or whatnot. Just get out there and and, and yeah, go there and you get, see what it's about. You go to a buddy's house this, this Fourth of July or whatever, and they have some craft beer you've never had, and you try try it. If you like it, go visit their brewery. Make a mental note. Go ASAP because if you like one thing from a brewery, you will like a lot of things from that brewery. Right. Well, and I will give Sondra the biggest shout out possible because it's one of the few places you can go any time of year, go sit on the beer garden and drink a liter of beer. <laughs> yeah, we do. I, I, I love that that exists. Leaders are because of Chase. That is Chase's. He, he. I don't. Th- I don't think I've ever seen Chase not drink a liter of beer. <laughs> and they have really good food. So yeah, okay. we do have good food. Great too. food, great atmosphere, yep. great beer, obviously. And uh, the same goes here at Pinball. Garage. I can't wait the, to try that atmos- barbecue. The atmosphere here is just. It's it's I mean it's it's also perfect for Hamilton. Like it uh-huh. just it is it is this perfect Hamilton personality of uh-huh. um, of of what a bar should be. So yes, you never know what you'll see. Honestly, that you is, never know. That is the truth. <laughs> well, thank you guys very much. Um, thank if you. You guys like the show? Uh, you can always support it by going to the gnarlygnome slash support or just sharing it with somebody. That's really how it just keeps growing and keeps becoming um, this thing that is in my head that it can can be. So um, do that and support your local breweries and your local bars and, and places that serve good beer. Yeah. <laughs> Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. <laughs> <laughs>